Hello, I'm AG. And I'm Leah. And this is. What are you on about? This is a show about water. We're gonna un- unravel all the mysteries around the water behind the bill. We are the water. Mythbusters. This is just about having fun. So today, what are we talking about? This is really exciting. First big part of our conversation around wastewater. What, what's in your shit? What's in it? That is really the key question. But let me just paint the picture. I want everyone to keep this one thing in mind. That when we're talking about wastewater constituents... Size matters. I know that is the key element that we're gonna um, so this episode is called also size matters size matters so there's <laughs> lots of people who say size doesn't matter and all of that but we're not gonna that's another conversation we're not gonna go into this detail but I can tell you that when it comes to wastewater engineering and understanding how to remove things from wastewater the size does matter so yeah. essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, uh, you know, um, the fundamentals of, of the constituents. Because, you know, the whole point of this, if you don't know what's in it, you can't take it out. No. So, and it's what's fascinating about wastewater is that there is so much going on in there that it's actually thousands and thousands and thousands of, of things. You know, when sometimes I think about it, I go like, you know, wastewater engineering isn't really necessarily a new thing. It has been going around for a while. Yeah, like hundreds of years, hundreds thousands of, of years, possibly yeah, even. But but I suppose in its modern way, I think it's at least 100 years. So in fact... I think sort of in the formal sense of like, we actually know what we're doing and we're designing it to do that thing. That thing. But at the same time... What you will find that it's actually there was lots of good guesses that people came up with to actually do something really quite useful and uh, and effective. So in a sense, wastewater that didn't uh, evolve um, for I think decades and decades. More recently, yes, because there's more technology and more analysis. Oh, there's always a new wastewater treatment process coming out. Like that's I think right. there's a new one. I've read about the most most recently is some Anita mocks. Yeah, I know. It's some so, so there, and then there was Animox, yeah. and then there's sort of like all these other. These yeah. are these are for another time to talk about. I know, about. but there are variations of about the same thing, yeah. fundamental things. So at the heart of it, how to treat wastewater is essentially relies on finding out what's in it. And if you understand what's in it, you can treat it properly. It's very simple. It's actually, it does make sense. Yeah. Really. But it also, but then with that as well, it also makes sense as to why wastewater treatment becomes expensive when we have to remove more and more things. More and more things. And things that we don't know. And things that we don't know and things that are notoriously hard to remove during wastewater treatment processes. Nasties. Is it? Or like stuff that is like is stuff that's floating in there, yeah. stuff that's like actually nasty. But like yeah. th- some of those nasties could be yeah. even things like microplastics. That's right. 
and, and PFAS and all sorts of modern emergent constituents of concern, as we call them politely. Yeah. Yeah. But they are just nasties because essentially we have this water. This is how it works. So we send you water to your home. It's clean. It's drinking water. Well, in Australia, it in is Australia. anyway. In Australia. Or in lots of places. In lots of places. Lots of the places. Well, you know. So what we do is we send you all this water. It's clean. It's beautiful. It's drinking water. And you send it back to us dirty. 100%. So everything that goes inside the house essentially goes out of the house as wastewater. Yeah, pretty much. Shower water, sink water. Um, you laundry know, water. Laundry water. Toilet water. Toilet water. Number one, number two, everything is essentially going. So a good way of knowing how much people use in terms of water inside their homes is to measure how much wastewater gets sent to the treatment facility. I was going to say the only portion of fresh water that goes to your home that doesn't come back to the wastewater treatment plant is probably what goes on your garden. Which is usually outside the living area of your home. Yeah. Yeah. And it is in some pla- in some places is actually biggest uh, a big problem portion of it so you know your plants within like indoor plants they're, they're not too hungry with no. for water no. yeah but essentially let's say it's 100 percent. so here's a simple just picture this we send you this um, this massive amount of water fresh clean and you send it to the waste uh, treatment plant dirty dirty with all sorts of things and what happens at the treatment plant it's almost like as i say you know, it's almost like we have to unscrumble the egg. Have you ever tried to unscrumble unscrumble eggs? No, but didn't hard. they didn't they do like a, a scientific study on actually unscrambling an yeah, egg? Yeah, no, I've seen that experiment. It's a bit weird, but it's for another conversation. But everything is scrambled together, and everything is being transported, and perhaps things interact with each other. And what we need to do is essentially to separate it. That's some another way of calling of treated treat, uh, talking about wastewater treatment is to say well it's a process of separating yeah so the first thing is the physical stuff so you know if you were to essentially focus on understanding the nature uh, of wastewater um, why do we need to understand that is because we need to know how to design the treatment process and how in particular these days how to design the reuse facilities so that we can basically treat the water to an acceptable level of 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 reuse Uh, not just for portable use but which could be for other things so just to clarify potable use means water that you can drink did did i use some other big words again oh Oh, you use you probably used a few but i mean if we have said a big word and you don't understand it just let us know that's right (laughs) exactly so uh, constituents found in, in, in wastewater are essentially uh, uh, considered from the physical, the chemical, and their biological comp- composition. Uh, but what's really fascinating here is that they are not separated. So you have like, you have living organisms, you have pathogens, you have non-pathogens, you have, uh, you know, sand, you have pieces of plastic you have pieces of things these things interact with each other yeah i mean like i I could i reckon you could say that a lot of them are interrelated in a sense like some Mm. of them get stuck to each other yeah they they find friends they find friends and they create (laughs) drama and that that interacts with like the pumping station because we will have an episode on how we transport wastewater to the treatment facility 
which is not a simple task. But once it arrives to the treatment facility, now we, have, we are going to be concerned about removing what we call the organics. So the organics, what do you classify as organic? The food parts, the food debris, the, you know, the feces, the, you know, also feces. The I mean, anything, feces, anything yeah. that you pooped out. Yeah. That's an organic. That's, that's organic. An organic. If you add something to it that is not like, if you don't finish your plate and you put it down the sink, people who flush down the toilet, all sorts of organic things. They shouldn't be doing that. Should go to the. I mean, if you if you have leftover pharmaceuticals, you certainly shouldn't be flushing, flushing those down, down the toilet. toilet. Please return those to a pharmacy where For they can example. be destroyed. Yeah, because that's that's another thing that we have to deal with to separate because yeah. that's a, a dissolved component. Then we have this thing which is roughly called. Uh, let us talk about solids. Yeah, in wastewater, solids aren't just solids that you can think of as solids. You know, like number two. Um, Number two uh, contributes to solids. Contributes though. to solids, but there's all sorts of kinds of solids, and they are can be small or large. That's why we're saying the size matters. So this, these solids are called total suspended solids. That's really how we refer to it, and also the pathogens. I mean, it's are, a fairly it's a fairly like obvious name. Like they are solids suspended yeah. in the water that you are sending that's back. Correct. To some extent, I would say the solids aren't really the problem. Why do you think? No, I mean, I mean like <laughs> solids, solids can mostly be separated. Correct, because one of the things you do, if you have solids inside the liquid, what you do is you just give them time. What do they? Settle. Gravity. Gravity, settle. gravity is one of the best treatment yeah. uh, options you'll ever have. Correct, and that's that's a really big part. So all the solids will settle. Even the floating ones will manage at some stage to settle down and all of that. So and I reckon, I suppose, the last thing that I think most people would probably uh, associate wastewater treatment with yeah. is actually the removal of pathogens. Yes, I know. It's pathogens that come from whatever, but also that grow within because yeah. it's a, you know, wastewater is actually a rich environment. It's full of nutrients. Yeah, it's things full love of growing Goodness, in it. exactly. So that's, we, we'll talk about resource recovery at some stage, but it's full of goodness. There's a lot of resources that we can extract. We can make money out of shit if we really think about it very carefully i know but you know we have to convince some people not to flush some things down the toilet well first. absolutely now i just want people to imagine how wastewater systems deal with say food coloring like the things that color the water the things that actually is not suspended but it's dissolved and that's to in my view is one of the difficulties so there is lots of things that we refer to as like big word yay uh, big word warning here refractory organics right so refractory organics are organics that you can like throw at them whatever they won't they won't break you know so it's it's really hard to kind of treat those and most of the time we have to rely on some biological active active organisms to actually remove those refractory organics there's heavy metals, there is dissolved inorganic solids, there is all sorts of things that, that exist in wastewater that are not as simply separated as solids. So yes, we talked about... And, and sometimes side. how they get into the wastewater treatment stream yeah. is also a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Now, in order for us, you know, one of the difficulty really is uh, 
you know, if you want to understand what's in wastewater, you need to be able to sample it and you need to be able to analyze it. And there's a lot that goes into it. There's some basic things like how much solid is there in a, uh, a liter of wastewater? Well, there's a very simple hundred years, hundreds of years old systems whereby there's a particular thing that you put one liter of water and you wait for 24 hours and you see how much solids have made it to the bottom and then you count that as as a, as a portion of solid so it's a very basic thing and that basically gives you an idea of what kind of treatment you need to actually uh, um, apply there I would I would say one of the other ones is is uh, the quantification is yeah. a big word for you yeah. basically finding out how much uh, organic matter or yeah. like biological oxygen demand they call it Correct. BOD yeah. uh, is in your water yeah. because that also determines what kind of treatment will be effective Correct. for you so another way of thinking about it is the strength of the wastewater yeah. how how loaded of stuff so the more wastewater is loaded the more you need to treat it the longer it is required yeah. the treatment and that's why we need to do those preliminary assessment which are you know quite basic they have been around for a while they're not particularly precise but they give you a bulk part so you know there are lots of treatment facilities that are based on well do you treat 20 percent solids or 10 percent or 50 or, or a loading of or like loading of you know much. bod of 250 yeah. milligrams biological oxygen demand yeah. or how, mu how much organics do you have in your system and that's established by this this analysis that we uh, so we we still have lots of difficulties in probably analyzing precisely and characterizing even after hundreds of years oh i mean there's so many things in wastewater now i think i think you could you know analyze for a, a suite perhaps of like a hundred things yeah. and you would probably find bits and pieces of all of them that's right somewhere Lo lots of people think that uh, the ones that's heavy in terms of analysis drinking water like drinking water source will have measurements of hundreds of things but wastewater as well is one of these areas that we're starting more and more to do more comprehensive analysis and whatever now but why? Just cost. Because we need to know what's in it to in order to have a fit for purpose uh, treatment. But then I was also going to say we also need to know because we also need to know what we have removed. Yep. So it's really important to know what's at the end because there are particularly in Australia very stringent guidelines for yep. what you can um, discharge, discharge you from can. your wastewater treatment plant. Yep. It must meet certain targets. It must, you know, have removed a certain amount of uh, nutrients yeah. there must be below a no certain nasties below no, no heavy a metals, number of no. na nasties yeah, heavy metals I, and all that yeah sort of i stuff. think things vary from one state to the other but in general generally speaking um you know if you are near for example if the discharge is near an area that is of ecological significance like a ramsar site then what's a ramsar site a ramsar site is for example a 
uh, a natural wetland with a uh, ecological significance. I believe a Ramsar wetland is, I think as they term it, a wetland of international significance. Significant, because, you know, Australia is signatory to a Ramsar convention uh, for the protection of wetlands of international significance. So, so what does internationally significant mean? That means it could be a haven for migratory birds. birds. So there is actually a wastewater treatment plant in Victoria. I know, famous. Famous uh, Western treatment plant yep. um, that is a Ramsar site. The at whole, the same time. At the, the whole wastewater treatment plant is a Ramsar site. Yep. Uh, because they treat with, um, I suppose, more natural yep. uh, treatment processes. Um, and, you know, it's really important that we meet guidelines for Yeah, because you know, mi migratory birds come all the way from Siberia and, and basically hang out in Melbourne in a wastewater treatment plant. So lots of these wastewater treatment plants are actually quite natural, you know, appealing. There's lots of green oh, around I mean, them. I remember and, we yeah. went to a plant up in Broome, up mm. in the northwest mm. of Western Australia, and there was a... We were talking to mm. the operator on site about how there was a local eagle around. Yeah that knew when to go hunting. Lots of birds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating when. when you can see that. So, uh, physical characteristics of, of, of wastewater. I mean, um, there's lots of big words there, but you know, it's all around. Uh, I was going to say there's a lot sorry. of abbreviations. A lot of it. Yeah, T, <laughs> TS, TVS, TFS, and it's all referred to, for example, VSS, total, yeah, TDS. Total solids. So, what we do is we define even the solids are characterized in different ways. So, you can have the total solids, you can have the total volatile solids, you can have the total fixed solids, the total suspended solids, the volatile suspended solids, the fixed suspended solids, the total dissolved solids, which the is, which is solids. by the so, way, total dissolved solids is total solids minus total suspended solids. Correct. So, so we we have all these little games that for these are things that were invented like hundred years ago. I and mean, I, like you know, I, some I'm of them. I'm just amazed that some people of them, can manage with this. Some yeah. of them, I would say, are you know Useful. something. Some of them you would expect to see in sort of water quality testing. Yeah. So yeah. like turbidity. So that's how murky your yeah. water is. Correct. Um, odor, yeah. which is probably a good one to measure in wastewater. Yeah. Uh, conductivity. Yeah. So if you remember back to our previous episode on vodka, I know. Anas was talking about conductivity. Yeah, that's right. Electrical um, conductivity. Electrical conductivity. Yeah. Another thing that they look at is density. Density. But you know, there's. Also but here's let, let me just picture it for people. So imagine you have a glass of water. And it has some solids. So give me a give me a, like some solids, like a, a, a tea leaves. Tea, tea leaves are are suspended coffee solid. Coffee or coffee. Yeah, grinds. coffee particles, coffee grinds are suspended things. Now, you have sugar. Sugar dissolves inside the water. So that's one of the difficulties here in wastewater is that you have the suspended stuff, and they have the stuff that's dissolved. So you have to undissolve things. That is really hard. Yeah. Taking solids out of waste water is very easy because you can just put a membrane separate. You can sieve it. And we have like lots of advanced ways of 
put in a sieve. We call them membranes or filters. Well, I was going to say, most of the solids, solids would settle out. So yeah. this is in sedimentation processes. Yeah. And perhaps. the small ones, the small ones, you will have to put some filters. Then you are yeah. stuck with, with uh, water that has some constituents, hundreds, if not thousands of constituents that are dissolved. So obviously the salts, yeah. Uh, the various metals, the various, uh, uh, you know, uh, the CO2, the NH2S, the H2S, the methane. The what? Even the what? That, that, sorry, what? You, you mean carbon dioxide? Oh, carbon, of course. I have to be uh, more specific. H2S is, H, yeah. H2S is um, hydrogen sulfide. That's yeah. that's yeah. what causes that rotten egg smell. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a stinky fart? Yeah, that's H2S. That's the one. But but we do also have like phosphates and we have inorganic nitrogen and we have potassium and we have anything that people have in their body. We have nitrates. That, yeah, we have nitrates. Any, anything that you have in food. Because remember, everything is either carbon or some form of uh, phosphorus or nitrogen or some element. So uh, someone says once, uh, you know, everything is a temporary storage of chemicals including you so that's how you can think about it you can think that basically organisms uh that live in wastewater will have also some sort of composition so hundreds of these things that we have to remove now people only picture suspended solids and we can also picture things that could be dissolved but not coloring the the, the liquid the water but there are things that dissolve and color the water like you know food dye you know uh, color and like you know like one milk. of the biggest milk what well, well, that's the next uh, just let, milk's let a different that's one. the next one that's an, an interesting one but let me just picture this idea you know that uh, uh, clothes the industry that produce clothes your clothes things you wear you like the textile industry the textile industry you know it's responsible for 20% of the pollution of water systems around the world? I did know that, but I also know that they Huge. have some of the highest strength yes. wastewater. I know. Because of the coloring, so when you yeah. have your t-shirt, it's colored in red and all of that. Usually these things are produced in also countries that have less environmental regulation, less stringent. So what happens is all those colors that are used in textile are actually discharged to the environment. Okay, so can I ask you a question? Yeah. Mostly since you're Moroccan and I've yeah. been to, you know, Morocco. That's right. You know the, the famous uh, place where they dye the leather? That's right. In the tannery, fence, yeah. The tannery. They would be the same kind of that's horridness. The, exactly. But where do they discharge that? Oh, that's uh, that traditionally is just discharged into the environment, yeah. So without so any now, kind of treatment? Yeah. Now, today it's discharged into the sewer system, yeah. and it's treated through the sewer, but historically it was just discharged naturally to, you know... I mean, if well, anyone's been to Morocco and have been to see the tanneries, yeah, you'll you know that say. they are stinky. Quite potent. Yeah, Potions there's a lot of color. Stop. There's lots. There's of a color. lot of different colors there, yeah. and you know. But I think what's really important here is that you know people forget that you know we get that wastewater, and it has all sorts of things in it, dissolved, undissolved, suspended, whatever. But let me just give you another one. You see, the spectrum of dissolved is really very tricky. You know, something like salt dissolved and there's like a limit to that dissolution and then at some stage it can't if it's saturated 
Yeah. But there is also the, the suspended solids, which is the other spectrum. But there is something in between, which is funny. It's called colloid. Yeah, colloids are interesting. Colloids so are interesting. So they're not, they're not, they're not dissolved. They're not suspended. The best way to describe colloid is milk. Milk. So, like, if you drink a glass of milk, and if you've ever filled up your glass of that you had the milk in yeah. with some water afterwards, you'll notice that your water is kind of white. That's right. So that's the colloidal, I that's suppose, right. characteristic of. So milk. it's it's solids, but it's actually embedded in the matrix of a liquid. Yeah. So you know when the when you try to make cheese or, or or when the milk goes off there is like it separates yeah the idea of separation is exactly the process that we use in wastewater so what you're trying to do is to get the solids out of the liquid and but it's again it's really really fascinating matrix so broadly speaking just to summarize you know what do we have in constituents and why these constituents are important. I'm going to just say a few and you can tell me why we, should we care about them. How about we play this game? Okay. So if I say suspended solids, we care about suspended solids. Why? Because uh, they're there and we need to remove them. And they become sludge. Yeah, they become sludge. So so, which is another big problem. We can have a whole episode just on, about on sludge. sludge. I know. Because essentially those solids have to go somewhere. Yeah. So you take the solids out, you create a sludge. The sludge is stinky, is whatever. Some of it goes on agricultural land, but, you know, there's lots of conversation. We'll talk about, about sludge another we day. Can, uh, but, then, but then we have this thing called biodegradable organics. So anything that really is there, but it can be processed by organisms. I mean, like, so with biodegradable organics, this goes back to what we were talking about, like, BOD, which yeah. is essentially the measure of the amount of oxygen yeah. that you need to stabilize the waste. Correct. In a biological yeah. way. So, you know. Well, hold on. We, ne we may need to explain that. So, why do we need oxygen to stabilize the waste? Because essentially, this is how the world works. This is, we're going to talk about how the world works. Can you just ask me the question, how does the world work? And as how does the world work? It's very easy. It's simple. It's fascinating, too. So, what we have is we have carbon right in the atmosphere yep. and what we do is plants for example through the photosynthesis process they capture carbon and they store it they make like a little carbon so it's a, like a factory of putting carbon together and we have like these big chains of carbon that's the way we store energy so if we want to undo the storage of energy we need oxygen so the whole point people will understand that if you take a uh, constituent that is organic it will have it will have carbon it will have hydrogen it will have oxygen and it will have C CH N uh, yes plus oxygen yeah then it will release CO2 CO2 is carbon dioxide carbon dioxide so that's the way of breaking what we do is with that storage of carbon that is in organic matter what we want is to apply oxygen. You need to break to the bonds. To break the bonds. So the whole point here is that, but oxygen in this treatment process is expensive. Yeah. Because we have to pump oxygen into the system. Sometimes. To break it down. So that's why, uh, you know, and it's very concentrated. The more yeah. concentrated, the more oxygen you yeah. need. Right? So that's the, the other things that we have concerned about or constituents of concern are pathogens. Things that can kill you 
Yeah, you know, that's for or human and animal health. You know, like you don't want to be releasing, you like you don't want to be around stinky wastewater. Right. Because you probably get sick. You don't want to release it out into the environment. Animals can get yeah. sick. Yeah. Could be like waterborne disease. That is yeah. one of the biggest forms of one of the biggest killers in the developing world are waterborne Well, you know, disease. like cholera. Cholera is you one. You know, the cholera is one, one of those ones. So there are some things that we call priority pollutants as well that we find in wastewater. Uh, there are things that cause cancer, things that cause, cause organism to mutate. We call them mutagenesis. Uh, uh, you know, there are things that cause high level of toxicity like mercury and other things. So these are all pollutants that are put in a high priority, meaning that we need to make sure. Luckily, I was going to say mercury would probably be classed as a heavy metal. Yeah. It's, but but it is also a high it, it can cause all of these things so what I would say is you know those high priority areas are usually luckily either removed through sludge or removed through the primary processes and there are not much of, a, of them left so yeah heavy metal is the next one um, you know dissolved organics um, or dissolved inorganic so okay. things that are not organic that and then this new thing pharmaceuticals drugs yeah i mean drugs legal prescription or, or not or illicit drugs or illicit but drugs. you miss nutrients and us oh of course nutrients are big one nutrients yeah. are yeah. huge i yeah. mean you know if we have too many nutrients in the environment i think we've spoken about this before you get yeah. eutrophication that happens so everything turns green fish yeah. dead yeah eutrophication yeah. is bad imagine your river turns turn green and there's lots of oxygen you know consumption and that's that's what causes anoxia so the the system basically and the fish start uh you know um um uh struggling to breathe yeah because it's and so anoxic conditions yeah. are like without oxygen so then they yeah. can't breathe so that's, that's when right. you get fish killed so you don't really want those that's right getting out too. So with this little knowledge essentially with how much there is of all this mini I mean we, we kind of spoke about them in groups but there's like hundreds of each one of them. Uh, once we do that we understand how much of these constituents and what's their characteristics we can be doing some really good job. I would say 80% 90% effective treatment can be done just by understanding the broad categories how much solids you have now because today we have all these nasties these pharmaceuticals these things that uh, make it into the environment by the way a lot of people think that once things are in wastewater we can't measure them we can measure illicit drugs in wastewater we can measure uh, you know the birth control pill in wastewater. We can anything that you flush down. So the, the most toilet. the most recent thing that they have been measuring in wastewater is actually COVID nineteen. Oh, absolutely. Which is uh, which is basically I just collecting the water that gives you an idea. Because of when. you're because while you have it, your yeah. body is shedding that virus yeah. through your excrement yeah, essentially so we right. can kind of track that through the system as well and that has been extremely useful because it helped people understand when uh, the virus was present in the community and when it started circulating in wastewater so that's extremely uh, I mean like the authorities also wants to know how much drugs and how many 
what kind of drugs are circulating as well. So yeah, they do. So apparently we live in the yeah. meth capital of Australia. That's right. Based on the the national survey that was done of wastewater, it did show that there was a a high level of methamphetamine in Victoria and WA and and some other places. Now, you know, can you track it back to the source and all of that? It's all debatable, but for sure we can pick a sample of wastewater and we can measure anything in it because we have equipment that can measure thousands of if you if you have a standard of something, you can actually I'm measure. I'm not saying something. that it's easy to measure everything no. in wastewater. There's a lot there, but yeah. it can be measured. It can be, but but the equipment that uh, that we have are making the cost per sample so cheap these days because you know like you can run um, you know so um, what do you think the most important physical characteristics then are because you know the whole thing is about whether it floats whether it's settled whether it's well, surely, fluid. So, so it's like it's solid content yeah, exactly it would be I suppose mm. the most important physical characteristic yeah. I think if people can picture that once you remove uh, like the big part of the solids the water the wastewater starts to look as close as possible to actually clean water I'm always surprised to see like the first stages of treatment of wastewater isn't that dirty well I the mean water is okay. I, I suppose we should at least tell people what color the wastewater is when it gets to the treatment plant that's correct it's it's so yeah. so so I suppose intuitively yeah. considering what you throw down the toilet yeah you would think it goes like this color but it's it's not. It's, it's not brown no, you'd it's be not. surprised um, wastewater when it arrives at a treatment plant is actually gray it's gray so very strong strong gray it's funny yeah it's kind of like a well, I suppose kind of milky grey. Yeah, it's like the washing machine grey kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, like it's got a lot of soap in it. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. It's certainly not the colour that you think yeah. it would be. Yeah. But going back to this size matters. So why? matters because we can actually identify the particle size distribution of in wastewater yeah. so we know which classes of sizes are and as such we can design the treatment we can look at things like turbidity we can look at color color both the real color and uh, not real color because yeah. the total color is like stuff that is not uh, uh, that is dissolved versus what not dissolved we can use our uh, a big one I think of all of these other things I think the big one is temperature as well the temperature of wastewater actually has big big implication for minuting how it gets transported and all of that so um, well no but then the other thing I think as well that people that would I suppose be interested in that's also counted as a physical characteristic yeah. is the odor yeah yeah odor yeah odor is a big debatable one yeah yeah I mean odor odor is really kind of difficult to remove in some cases or when you are removing yeah. it you have to remove that odor yeah. from the air from right. where you're treating so i mean so do you think odor is is real or a bit of psychology because there was there there was this study where people didn't know that there was a wastewater treatment plant and they didn't smell anything but when you tell them there is a wastewater treatment plant they start smelling it <laughs> so how that, is that is that really in their in people's mind um, is it a bit I of would, both <laughs> i i would say that there is some truth in that because yeah. um, going to a site recently yeah. i know that the wastewater treatment plant is near this town yeah um, 
and where I was staying, I could quite clearly smell it. That's right. I'm not sure if the residents around there could smell it though. So you see the thing, this is really an important point that you're making, Leah. If we go out now to the street, down here near UWA, where we're coming from uh, to you, live from UWA, University of Western Australia, one you of the top yeah. universities. Yeah, yeah, just put that plug in there. I know. <laughs> so if we go out now and talk to students or people in the street and ask them, how does wastewater smell like? You know what people will tell you? Sounds like poo. Exactly. They will say that. But ac in actual fact, it does not smell like that. Oh, I beg to differ. Yeah. Depends on which part <laughs> of the treatment train you <laughs> are right. standing next to at any time. So what I get when I go to your large sites, I get this sort of almost, uh, how do you say, uh, a mix of petrochemical because I can, I can see there's gases there. Mm. But but there is yes there is a, like a background of smell that is uh, uh, sort of a, um, common or noticeable or understandable by humans but it's not directly like you it doesn't smell like your toilet after you just flush your toilet no. I don't think it does no it smells yeah. different to that I mean I'm I'm quite sensitive to the smell of it that being yeah. said I do work with it yeah that's right but you know yeah. But there's lots of substances that actually uh, are go as gas, uh, removed as gas in like the first few hundred meters of the t of the of the transport. And I think yeah. some of those things also break down quite quickly as That's well. That's right. You know. But yeah, odor is a really big physical characteristic that I think you know a lot of people forget about. And it's important, controversial, because also it has lots of implication to how we build things and how we build this. Like in Australia, we have this buffer zone around the waste treatment plants, so you don't build houses or anything. Yeah, I mean, buffer uh, zones used to be really, really large, and yeah. now buffer zones are slowly becoming smaller. Look, in Europe, they have no buffer zone whatsoever because the treatment have changed and all of that. Yes, occasionally you smell wastewater, but you know, like there are smaller systems as well. So yeah. I think the future is about having systems that are smaller, that are more compact with less buffer zone. But that's a, that's another conversation that's again. A, that's it's a completely another, other conversation. It's another episode. But I, you know, I'm looking at, at the moment what comes to my mind is this, this graph that shows basically uh, how much the distribution of size that goes from very 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 tiny all the way to particles that you can see with the naked eye and you can see there's different kind of treatment so everything yeah. there is like fit for purpose uh, but at the end of the day removing the particles is actually not a uh, 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 the most difficult thing but it is fascinating how many particles do you define the size structure you can actually treat it very well even if you don't know wh what's in it yeah. now the future or where it's exciting and lots of the research that we do at the moment is in understanding more about how these things interact how the physics the biology interacts so that we can make that treatment much more efficient so if you can't measure it you can't manage it you know that yeah but the other thing is that people have to remember that it is when it comes to wastewater the size matter and will matter even with computers and fascinating things and whatever what's the other thing that we will say if you are like an engineering student or a science student and you want to go 
to work in wastewater do you need to understand a bit of modeling and a bit of hydraulics for example i but would say so yeah i, I would say so one. hydraulics is certainly a big one what I is mean, hydraulics it's the flow big of water. water it's the flow of water it's the flow something. of water through pipes through pipes. non pipes open channel not open channel this is really really an interesting topic why because you want to know how fast the, the water transport how far the water transport most of the water both drinking and wastewater is a transport issue yeah. I keep saying this to people they go like water isn't really a water problem it's a transport problem yeah so we need to know, uh, you know, how to design a wastewater treatment plant by knowing how much uh, it, it uh, how much water and how fast the water flows, and which temperatures the water is on, and how much. So, in fact, uh, one of my PhD students just finished his PhD, and he's going to be guest talking to you about transport, what we call sediment transport in in uh, sewer systems. The amount of modeling that he has to do to identify or to characterize the transport of sediment is fascinating. Yeah, so it's not a, a simple a, topic. No, there's a lot of different things. It's obviously size matters here. Size matters. But also, let me give you just give you a picture. This is like a preview. So if, uh, you know, you flush your toilet, obviously, why do we need water to flush the toilet is to make it go, travel. Yeah. So imagine you flush your toilet and everything accumulates down down the street, 100 meters down or 200 meters, and it's not moving. Because you're, you're responsible for flushing your own toilet with five liters of water every go, but it goes to the main. So if there is not enough flow to transport the material, what happened? What happens? Well, it sits there, it doesn't move. It, it creates there, lots of gas. It creates lots of gas. And actually, actually, it becomes dangerous. Yeah because it can explode so we will have an episode just about exploding sewer systems and how that works so what we need to do is we need to flush it now i'm, I'm gonna finish with this this is like what's confusing sometimes so people get asked to flush the toilet less or do half flush when you don't know that's that's a good measure but provided that people use enough water to actually ensure that the sewer is being flushed. There are places in Europe where there were lots of restrictions on water that happened that they didn't have enough flow and then the government started flushing the sewer system with drinking water. So you're asking people to save water on one hand and you need to make sure that the infrastructure is flushed. So that's a, a complex problem that we'll talk about another time. But let's let's just say that transport when it comes to wastewater is fascinating and it's going to be perhaps our next subject. So this has been great. Thank you, Leah, for this conversation. Well, I, think it's well, always I, mean, I think we've talked about several different things here, but yeah. I think I think the take home messages are size matters, size matters. Yeah. Wastewater has a lot of different things in it yeah. that we need to remove. There is a whole pile of abbreviations that people use yes. to refer to them. There are a whole lot of characteristics, yes. either physical, chemical, chemical or biological, biological. So it's a whole world. That inform how we design wastewater treatment yeah. plants, how we operate wastewater treatment plants. How we 
maintained. How we maintain them, how yeah. we discharge water. Yeah. So, you know, it's a huge thing. You could spend a lifetime trying to understand. But can I ask you this question? All these constituents, are there things there that we can control ourselves not to flush down the toilet? In other words, there are lots of constituents in wastewater that fine should be there. Yeah. But there are lots of things that shouldn't be there. Yeah. I mean, I, I like there are a lot of things that, well, I mean, other than flushing down the toilet or washing down your drain. Your oils. When you buy, when like you do like, uh, do you like uh, fried chips? Well, of course I like fried chips. Who doesn't? So what do you do with the oil when you finish? Well, I'm responsible. Oh, what do you do? You put it in the... I put it in the bin. In the bin. So lots of people flush oils, for example. They're very expensive to remove, by the way. Exactly. So that's the other complicated, because some of them float, yes, but lots of them get mixed. So there's lots of things that shouldn't be flushed and are being flushed. Like I think, like like one we touched on earlier was, yeah. um, you know, ex your expired pharmaceuticals, yeah. like medicines that you've had sitting yeah. in your, like, cabinet for like 20 years and you were for like sure. what do i do with these yeah. in Take the old them. days mm. in the old days everyone said oh yeah flush it down the toilet yeah. no one will know no. please don't flush them down the toilet yeah. take them to take them to a pharmacy yeah. they don't charge you for it and they'll get rid of them yeah. can we touch on uh, toilet paper and uh, paper towel and all of that especially because they i think the what not issue. to flush is a different story Altogether. Altogether. But but it does affect the transport. That's it. The it, it affects transport and it affects treatment. So mm. I think one very soon, perhaps next week, we'll talk about how the treatment process works. And I think we'll be able to touch on sort of like the things that you should and shouldn't flush because right. then we have to remove them. Yeah. But for today, yeah. the focus was lots of things in wastewater. Size matters. And it's fascinating. Yeah. All right, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. All right, boom, we finished this okay, one. Bye. Yeah, bye.